You're listening to an app session from the 2019 Art Conference in Anaheim, California. For more resources to equip you and your local church, visit arcchurches.com. Good to see you. Welcome to uh, the breakout. It, it's packed house. <laughs> so, um, so seriously, don't, don't be, you don't have to sit toward the back. Just everybody yeah. come on and fill in. Fill in right here. would really help us. <laughs> this is going to be a really cool family session, like for yeah. real. Um, my name is Matt. This is Sarah. Uh, and we are the Kellers from Fort Myers, Florida. And we are uh, members of the ARC lead team and honored to serve um, with Pastor Greg and Dino and Chris and, and the team. And um, just honored to be here. We pastor Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. And so um, have been doing that for 17 and a half years. We started, as a matter of fact, Herbert and Tiffany Cooper, who you heard this morning, uh, they started their church on May the 12th, 2002, Mother's Day. We started on May the 12th, 2002, Mother's Day. So we literally we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other at the time, any of that. And you and Herbert are five days apart in our birthdays. Yeah. So, so we kind of feel like we're living the same Tiffany's life. And Tiffany is a pastor's daughter, yep. and I'm a pastor's, pastor's daughter. daughter. So yes. when we met, we were like, okay. But the bit, the best part was that because Mother's Day is a horrible day to start a church. Yes. I mean, second worst day, by the way. Do anyone know what the first? Do you know is? what the first one? Uh, no, mm-hmm. time change Sunday time in March. Change don't Sunday do in it. March. The early don't one. Do it. <laughs> do not church do people it. don't even want yeah. to come. <laughs> Don't do it. But uh, Mother's Day is horrible because nobody, you know, no, everybody, goes, everybody to goes to their mom's church. Nobody's going to go to a brand new church on Mother's Day. So uh, anyway, when we met Herbert and Tiffany, we just felt so much better about yes. ourselves. We're like, we weren't the only stupid ones. Like, <laughs> yes. We weren't the only naive ones. <laughs> They're it's like, true. Us too. So. so, hey, let's open it with a word of prayer. Yes. Because um, you're in here for a reason. And we get it. And so watch this. We're going to disseminate information, but we also are going to have a little inspiration. But we believe there's actually going to be a little bit of time of ministry here uh, for some of that transformation that Pastor Chris talked about. Sound good? So so let's open our hearts. Amen. Father, (laughs) you're our father. And Lord, we thank you that it is your calling and your calling alone that is the reason why we're in this room. It's the reason why we're in this conference because Lord God, you have called us into the ministry, into the people building business. And Lord God, we thank you that you have seen us trustworthy to put us into the ministry. God, you've trusted us. And Lord, each one of these men and women, these sons and daughters are here because they have trusted you and obeyed the call. And Lord, we know that when we got into this, we got into it because we love people. And then Lord, sometimes we found out that sheep bite Uh, and people are people. And Lord, I pray that today you would anoint Sarah and I. Lord, we step out of ourselves. We step into you, and I pray that we would be able to speak and minister from a place of of healing and grace, and we'd be able to speak and and minister from a place of experience as well, and that together the body of Christ might be built up in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, we know that ministry can be hard sometimes, (laughs) and I think the official title of this talk is How to Deal with People Leaving. (laughs) Woo! Come on, this is seven steps to grow your church. (laughs) Or Matt and Sarah's topic, which is what do you do when your church ain't growing? So here you go. So how do we we deal with this? Ministry can be hard sometimes. And all of you know that. And and again, as I just prayed, we get into this thing because God called us and because we said yes. and, And because we want to make a difference in people's lives. And then we realize that sometimes those same people that we got in this thing called ministry for can can hurt us, can stab us in, in the back. And so, as I mentioned a second ago, we started our church in 2002. We had 35. We start, we were pre-ARC. And so we, we had 35 people when we launched uh, and we had 19. Not on, on our launch team. No, 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 first no, no, not the launch team. <laughs> the launch team was six. We had 35 people in attendance and that was everybody. That was yeah. the movie theater manager. That was cats and dogs. And, and the one pregnant lady, you know, she counts, she for, counts two. for two. She counts for two, like well-wishers. You count them. The people who were like, if we lived in your city, we'd be there. Count them. So we had, thir- <laughs> that's not true. We had 35. That is true. Yeah. And uh, we had 19. 
19, the second Sunday. And uh, so we were pre-ARC, but God was faithful. Yeah, we had a big was. vision and, and no clue how to do it. But but by Christmas, we launched in May, as we mentioned. And then by Christmas, um, the, the, the church had grown to about 80. And so honestly, the first couple of years of our church were really a, a steady yeah. incline. God really was gracious. And thank God there was no social media back then because we didn't know that we weren't successful. Like yeah. we just thought, oh, this is good. And so we didn't have anybody else to compare it to, so to speak. And yeah. so, uh, so about two years in, uh, one of our high level. Oh, thank you. That'd be awesome. Yes. Perfect. I feel like God just shined down. Yes. This is great. Uh, so about two years in again, we were moving and God was just up. We were probably 250 people at the time. And uh, one of the guys who was on our team made a decision and a young lady in our church um, did not like that decision, and she got sideways. And um, it, over the course of about two or three weeks, she literally went from house to house to house of every single one of our highest leaders in our church and was bashing us, was bashing him, um, degrading our leadership, causing people to question us. And it was in that season um, that our church was about 250 people at the time, and we had about 60 people who left our church. And uh, we lost 25% of our church in about a 60-day period of time. And it was one of the most painful seasons of, of, our, of, of our church. Yeah. It was so hard, and, and I remember it just almost being so shocking. It was like the innocence was gone. Yeah. You know, it was like we had just felt so innocent, like everything was growing and moving, and all of a sudden it was like, that innocence was gone. And I look back on that season and that's definitely the first time that I believe we had a massive spiritual warfare in yep. our church. Yep. And it's because there was something good on the other side. We were about to launch two services and we were growing. We had met the ark and they had taught us yes. so much and, um, and we were being poured into, you know, we didn't feel orphaned anymore. Like there was just so much that we know God looking back on it, God had for us. But in the midst of all of that, it was really hard. And uh, we learned a lot of lessons. And I I wish I could tell you we learned everything we needed to then, so then we've never had to go through it again. Um, but the truth is that uh, that after 17 years, we have we've experienced seasons of unity, we've experienced seasons of disunity, we've experienced seasons of that innocence being reborn again, we've experienced seasons of the enemy trying to steal that innocence, yeah. and so uh, we have just uh, our, our whole heart uh, for Matt and I has just always been God just teach us what we're supposed to teach us. We'll learn what we're supposed to learn and then we'll share it with anyone else. Because if we didn't know how to do this, uh, then maybe someone else doesn't know. And so thank you for being here. Uh, In church growth, there are two sides to the same coin. And uh, for us, we kind of like to look at at, at both sides. There's the healthy side and then the high impact side. So it's the exact same coin and uh, there's two different sides to it. So you've got the healthy side and then you've got a high impact and it all makes a difference for the kingdom. And so we have to really learn to walk in both. Where's that high impact? And then where's that health side? And 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 oftentimes uh, we just, it, like, like you said, Matt, we just want to make a difference. Like, let's just make a difference. There's lost people. Like, let's go. Let's make an impact on our city. Um, and, and, and oftentimes then when it comes to that, we want people to stay to make that impact with us, right? Because right? we love what we're doing and we love what God has called us to. So we're like, stay here. Let's make an impact together. But often, the leaving, so when when someone is leaving or when change is happening like that, all of a sudden we can feel like there's less impact. But let me just tell you, when you flip the other side of the coin to the health side, that is sometimes the unseen side that we can't see. So there might be some people leaving, but God might also be uh, working on the health side too. So let me give us an overarching theme, if you will, of the next few minutes of what we want to talk around a few camera angles on this idea of how do we in leadership handle this when when people leave. And so really the, the focus of all of this is centers around this idea of how do we as leaders stay in love? If you want to write something down, that's, that's, the, that's it. Because watch this. The only way the enemy wins is if he can get us out of love. He wins if we stop loving. He wins if we stop trusting God because people have left our church or have, have wounded us or stabbed us in the back. He wins if we stop being vulnerable. He wins if we stop being the spiritual leader, the spiritual father, the spiritual mother that he's called us to be to our community and family of believers. How we as leaders stay in love, how we tend to our own heart, our own soul through it all. That is what matters most. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stay seated. I got to stand know, up because this is so it's all about. 
about how we it stay is. in love. It's so good. Well, and okay, so I am uh, I'm, I, I am a recovering control freak. Um, anybody else? Like, uh, okay, thank you. All right, uh, you ladies, especially you know my heart. Um, and so when it comes to this, let me just say this: we can't control what people do. Like, oh man, I wish I could, right? I mean, I wish we could put a lasso around people and actually control uh, what they do. We can't control how they leave. We can't control what they say. Uh, We can't control the offenses that maybe they pick up. We actually can't control any of that. Um, The truth of the matter is sin is sin. Uh, People are people. Uh, People are not perfect. Uh, the truth of the matter is we're not perfect. Um, they're going to be hurt. We're going to be hurt. Like again, after 17 years, we've seen it all. And at the end of the day, we can only control ourselves. So I've kind of taken that kind of control freak thing, right? And just kind of gone, okay, God, there's actually one thing that I can control. And that's my, my heart. That is myself. That is this whole big idea of how do I stay in love through all of this that feels like it's happening to me, but I can't do anything wow. about it. And so how we handle it and how we stay in love, uh, that's really where we're going to focus on our hearts, our actions, and our reactions. So let's dive in. How do we deal with people leaving? Here's the first thing we would throw your direction. Number one, look at the fruit, but don't judge their heart. Look at the fruit, but don't judge their heart. Look at the fruit, but don't judge their heart. See, because leaving hurts, we can so quickly pick up that offense. We can so quickly stand in judgment. We can so quickly fall into pride and anger and bitterness. And this is where leaders, we have to be so very careful. Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. First Corinthians chapter four, I want you to, to uh, we want to read this verse to you. Um, verses two through five, first Corinthians four, verses two through five, write that, that reference down. Here's what Paul writes. And he says this. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust, that's us, must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself, Paul said. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, verse uh, verse five, judge nothing before the appointed time. That's it. When people leave, judge nothing before the appointed time, Paul said. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what's hidden in the darkness, will expose the motives of the heart. At that time, each will receive their praise from God. The motives of the heart are unclear when people are leaving our church. And it's God who's the ultimate judge, and it will be God who will also bring everything to light eventually. And so, again, the clarity between judging uh, their heart and then being able to look at the fruit. So, as leaders, though, it is our responsibility to look at the fruit. So we're not supposed to judge. We know that. And it's like, but what do I do with all of this that I'm feeling or sensing or, you know, it it feels wrong, right? Like, well, we actually are commanded as leaders to look at the fruit. And when we look at the fruit, we can see the fruit for what it is, but we don't have to judge that. It's different. We don't have to judge their heart in it because that's what the scripture is saying. We don't know the motives of the heart. The heart The heart is actually hidden. And so when we look on and we're like, oh, I bet that they, whatever. We don't know that. We actually really don't know because that's hidden. That's going to be brought into light. What we can look at, though, is the fruit. And uh, we see in Galatians 5, it talks all about the flesh and the spirit. I'm not going to dive into all of that today for, uh, for the purpose of time. But there are the acts of the flesh. And some of them are hatred. So when we see people having hate, uh, when we see discord, so when there's not unity, but instead there's discord, a jealousy, fits of rage, we see people angry and yelling at everybody, there's a selfish ambition. So all of a sudden we can actually see the fruit of like, this is so selfish, like what they're doing. Uh, dissensions. So when there's dissensions and factions, all of a sudden we see all of these people getting over by themselves, like that's a faction. Yep. And it says in Galatians 5 that those are the acts of the flesh. And so again, we're not judging someone's heart, but we're seeing the act of flesh coming out. Well, the opposite then is true in the fruit of the spirit. Right. So, so you've got the acts of the flesh, then you have the fruit of the spirit, which is love and joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. 
And so when someone is leaving, we, we should not judge their heart. We have to be so careful not to pick up that offense and assume upon their heart. But we can look at the fruit. What fruit is there? That's not judgmental, but it's actually seeing it for what it is and going, wow, that's actually happening. That is discord. Uh, that's actually happening. That is a fit of rage. Okay, that is yep. an act of the flesh. And you see, Satan is at work to divide the unity of the spirit in your church. That's so big right there. That is his goal. So why why all of this, Sarah? Like, why are we trying to say, don't judge this, but look at this? Because Satan is on the prowl to actually divide the unity of the spirit in your church. And so when they're leaving, the question is, is there darkness? and division or is there fruit is there darkness and division or is there fruit so we've had people come up oh my gosh ever, after 17 years there have been amazing people sure. who are like i can't even explain why we love yeah. this church yeah. but god's just you know moving me on and i just felt an open door that's amazing yeah. that's love joy peace kindness we hug we love you thank you yep. that's amazing that is the opposite of a faction of people That's over it. here yeah. gossiping, sowing discord. And so all of a sudden we can look on and why does that matter? It's because if there is darkness, then you know this is a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. If there is darkness, then you know this is a spiritual battle. So number one, look at the fruit, but don't judge their heart. Here's number two, and we're going to go quickly through these because we want to leave time for Q&A at the end as well as a little bit of ministry time. Here's the second one. Number two, we have to focus on clean hands and a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart. What do we do when people, how do we handle it when people are leaving our church? We have to focus on clean hands and a pure heart. When they're leaving, don't go on the offensive toward people. Back when our church was two years old, the story I just told you, and we lost 60 people, and that girl went from house to house to house. We had, we had dirt on her. We could have destroyed her life. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 no. Clean hands, pure heart. Don't, don't touch it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Now watch this. There's a difference, leaders, between tracking down people and trying to badmouth other people in the name of, well, they need to know the truth. Okay, there's a difference between that and actually teaching people who come to you and ask questions and you answering truthfully with love and grace. There's a, there's a big difference. Do you see it? There's a big difference. And again, every single time and we went through, again, in 17 and a half years, you can't not. We've been through this multiple seasons where someone or some groups of whatever will, will leave your church. Listen, we have always said, clean hands for your heart. It is the Lord who judges and we're not. Now, when someone comes to us and says, hey, we heard, then we're going to speak the truth in love. We're going to speak that. As a matter of fact, as pastors, as shepherds, we actually believe we were we are responsible to speak the truth in love. Yeah. We're not going to defame them. We're not going to slander them and drag their name through the mud. But we are going to speak the truth. You know why? Because we're in a spiritual battle. See, number one. Yeah. Yep. And Satan wants to get you all mixed up in the crossfire of whatever this thing is. Until you fall out of the boat too, and we're just not going to. So we care enough about you to be able to go. Hey, I don't, I don't, I can't judge the motives of their heart. But let me tell you something, man. Here's what we know. Does that sound like the? Does, does that the sound like the, the fruit of the spirit, yeah. or does it sound like the works of the flesh? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. like, do, do you see it? Right. Clean hands, pure heart. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 6. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation. God, this is our prayer. Of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. That's what we're trying to do, pastors. We're trying to ascend the mountain of the Lord. We're trying to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And the only way for us to keep our hands clean and our hearts pure is, is, is to, to remember that God is our vindicator. Mm-hmm. It is not our job to vindicate ourselves. Jesus was our model. They were literally ripping out his beard and beating him. And he could have went, hey, enough. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He didn't. That's what clean hands means. Don't touch it. God will. What we've learned is God will bless you when you don't touch it. Because yeah. he's a good father. Blessing from the Lord. That was the result. Did you catch it in Psalm 24? Blessing from the Lord. Vindication from God their savior. And so there's clean hands, there's not touching it, and then there's a pure heart. And how do we have a pure heart? Uh, we have to just keep forgiving. We have to just keep 
forgiving. Uh, just keep looking on and saying, God, I just, I need my heart to be pure because again, I can't control them. I can try and bring some truth to the situation. We can try and say, hey, do you see what's going on? But at the end of the day, people are people. Sin is sin. Things are going to happen. And the only way, as, as we said at the very beginning, that this doesn't work is if we get out of love. That's and so, it. okay, God, I got to just keep choosing to forgive. I got to go to the depths of how this is making me feel. Not just, not just forgiving what they've done, but how they made you feel. That's so huge. So, oh, they did this and they did that. Well, Sarah, how did that make you feel? What made me feel rejected? Made me feel unloved? Made me feel like they didn't care about everything that I invested? That's that's a level deeper of forgiveness. And then you can say, okay. You got to get that. That'll change your life. That'll change your church. It's taking forgiveness one level deep. Because have it's you ever just, had... Oh, somebody wrongs you. Yeah, I, mm, I hit Tara mm-hmm. in the shoulder and she goes, oh, you hurt me. Okay, well, will you forgive me? Sure, I forgive you. Okay, but now, how did, when I did that, how did that make you feel? Well, when you stop and start to consider that at a heart-spirit level, now you're forgiving. That's a whole nother level. Do you see it? Yeah. So good. It's good. And honestly, just to just to be real, like we, we're using the example of, you know, two years into our church, but really this was our whole theme through this last season. Um, 2018 was a really hard year for us, and it came as a surprise. Yeah. Um, ever had like the surprise attacks when you're like, I think we're about ready to ascend the mountain. And then it was like, where did this come from? Yeah. Uh, that was 2018 for us. And uh, I remember grabbing the team around us. We had, we had gotten this amazing word from the Lord. And it was all about inheriting the land. And it was like, we're going to inherit the land. This is the year. We did our whole like offsite thematic goal. You know, we got a, you know, our fourth location coming. The Dream Center is coming alive. God's going to move. This is going to be amazing. Inherit the land. Two weeks into God giving us that word, he said, stop praying for the inheritance. And pray for unity that the inheritance might come. Well, how many know when God tells you to pray for unity, that must mean that there's disunity. So we were like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I remember we looked at each other yes, like, like, what does this mean? We can mean? see the mountain. Well, I know like, it's there, right? <laughs> and um, and it was, it, honestly, I can look back now um, after a year, a very, very hard year, and, um, and just see, and not only was God doing such a good work in us, but he was teaching so many around us. Like, I kept looking at our team going, come, 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 come. We're not going to touch it. Everybody say after me, clean hands. Yep. Everybody say after me, clean, pure heart. Hey, have you forgiven them yet? They're like, but they've, no, 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 no. Have you forgiven them? Like, have you really taken this to God? And, and being able not only to do that for ourselves, but then teach those around us, all of those lessons that we had to learn 15 years ago was hard, but it was so good uh, for all of them. And really forgiveness in seasons where not just someone leaves, but maybe the whole faction starts leaving. Let me just say this. It's, it's a daily process sometimes yep. in some seasons. And so don't let that take you by surprise that I got to wake up in the morning and be like, like, what's going on in my heart again yeah. today? We had, it, there, was a, there was a period of probably three months where we had one particular <laughs> former staff member uh, in his leaving that literally, like, every third day, I'm like, this guy continues to find new ways to just mm-hmm. be awful to us. Like, every three days, I'm like, seriously? He did what? He said what to whom? The enemy was what? very like every creative. three days. I'm like very what? In that and so in that season, literally, Sarah, it, it was a daily thing for us that you like to go to the Lord. We even uh, had we to had hold to, each other accountable. Yeah, like, like we hey, gotta, we're not going to talk about this. Go get in your chair. Have like, you met you with and Jesus? Got to go. And I meet Jesus because now I'm in. She shares something, and I'm like, well, I was fine, and now I'm mad. <laughs> And, then I, and I'm like, right, no, I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, how, I'm telling you how God healed my heart. And he's like, well, I'm now like, well, I got to go get some healing. <laughs> now I'm back in the seat. And she, next morning, she's in their chair. It's like, for real, you got you to go to the, you got to run to the cross. Yeah. If you looked at our, at our journals and you would not want to, in 2018, like, I'm not exaggerating. Probably 80 to 100 journal entries are like, like the title is God Today I Forgive. Like, mm-hmm. like again, like the word again, like it's, 
You, so, so, so watch this. Don't judge their, don't judge their motives. Yeah. Keep your heart and hands clean. Here's number three. Ask God what you're supposed to be learning through this. Ask God what he wants you to learn through this. God, what am I supposed to be learning through this? Because I promise you there are lessons for your leadership development, for your pastoral development. There are lessons that God wants to teach you. John 15, 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes (laughs) so that it may bear more fruit. So watch this. When people are leaving our churches, leaders, it may be pruning from God. Yeah. That God knows where you're going, the next season that you're headed to, guess what? The, I need to prune them out now. They're, I need to cut that branch now so that the rosebuds will be even more beautiful, so that the fruit will be even more beautiful yep. in the next season. And so listen, if, if you see that these people have the works of the flesh and that they don't want to deal with it, then in the end, this may be a good loss for you. Pastor Herbert was down late last fall and I was, he preached for us on a weekend and he and I went to a, 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 a restaurant and we're watching football after church and I'm telling him some of these woe is me stories, you know, and uh, after about 15 or 20 minutes, he finally looked at me about this one situation and he goes, man, that's a good loss, brother. You didn't need that guy. That's awful. I'm like. Yeah, that's like, okay, all right, back to the chair, right? Okay, God. So, so listen, sometimes God is pruning what is, what is unnecessary or what was necessary in one season, but if God knows in his sovereignty, it may not be right for the next season because uh, maybe it's, it's because God's trying to produce something new in, in an area of your church or in a new season for your church, but the old is holding it back. This was us. Yeah. We introduced a couple of years ago a new freedom curriculum that that, uh, was just a download from heaven from God, and it has transformed our church. But the truth is, honestly, you guys, as we look at 2018 and all that we went through, uh, the year that it was uh, it was it was popular to leave Next Level Church. Like, well, that's kind of fun. Um, So like like so much of it was because of what God was this new thing God was doing through this freedom curriculum that was being birthed in our church. And honestly, there were people, we lost about 300 people last year from our church. And it was like, it, it was in, in a whole lot of staff. And it was because of this something new that God was doing and not everyone liked it. Not everyone wanted it. Not everyone was interested in it. And it was like, this is where we're going. This is where God's called us. And so that pruning had to come. And let me just say this as an encouragement. Um, when uh, clear back in 2004, when that originally happened, uh, we kind of went through that whole season. Those 60 people left. And, uh, you know, you're like, oh, 250, 60 leave. Like, that's a big deal, right? Um, but we were right on the edge of God opening up a brand new place. We moved yep. into a high school, uh, what, six weeks later. Yep. And um, within six months, we had grown uh, over, you know, 400 people. Yeah. Like, yeah. our church started yeah. to explode. Never and we never looked back. And, you know, looking, we I can now look back on that and realize God was pruning. He knew. Yep. the new that was going to be there. And uh, and if there are people that, you know, although it was the works of the flesh, God worked all of it together for good That's in it. order for that new to come. Um, but let me just say this, not all leaving is pruning. So I don't know if you're like me, I'm like, well, God must be pruning because it's so good. And, and so he's just pruning it back so it can bear more fruit. But sometimes in this whole learning thing, uh, God actually wants us to see something in ourselves. And he actually wants to see uh, us to see something in our leadership and actually grow. And this can be whether or not it's the works of the flesh or not. Honestly, we can learn from any situation. We can grow through any situation. And so it could be uh, just that we look on and we, we, we really dissect, well, what were these people saying? Like, what was going on here? Is there something that we need to define more? 
Is there an expectation that we have that we haven't defined? Or is there something that needs taught that maybe our house doesn't understand? Maybe we take it for granted, but maybe they don't know this. Maybe they don't know how to leave well. Maybe they don't understand the works of the flesh. Do we need to teach on gossip, right? Like there's that kind of a thing where all of a sudden we can look on and we can go, hey, maybe there's something that we need to define in our culture that hasn't been defined. And in the best way possible, we can learn a tactic of the enemy and actually uh, fight against it. Uh, for us, it, it also could be that there's someone on our team, maybe uh, that's hurting them. So maybe these people leave and they're like, I just feel this and I feel that. And you're like, I promise that's not my heart. Well, pause. Is there someone on your team that maybe affected them to feel that way? Slow down and make sure that maybe they are representing your heart well. Because you may be like, that's not our heart. But was it represented incorrectly? So slow down and actually say, God, am I supposed to be learning or seeing something? And this is why it's so huge. Because if we just get mad at people and we're like, ah, yeah, those idiots. Then we don't learn anything. But if we slow down and dissect this, then we can actually grow. Um, And so here's a question. Does our leadership need to grow? Right? (laughs) So here we are. We're like, all right. What what in me? uh, maybe, Maybe I back away from these situations. Maybe what they're saying, gosh, maybe it is true. Maybe maybe we de- do need to grow in that area. Just permission to own it and to learn and to grow. Uh, but don't, don't feel shame or guilt or, you know, condemnation, because let me just encourage you, you're all allowed to be in process too. Um, you are you are allowed to be a leader in process because you're human, and uh, and like Pastor Herbert was saying, we've all got baggage that we bring into our leadership, even you know. So it's okay. We're a human leader, and let me just remind you: you are not their god. Uh, they have one God, their father, and if they've made you a God, I'm sorry, uh, but you are not their God. Uh, and so you, you, get the, uh, you have the ability to learn what you need to learn just to fall into grace and just to grow. Um, and I, I like to say it this way, once I know better, I do better. Once I know better, I'll do better. Like, I just didn't know that. I I didn't know that about myself. I didn't know we needed to define that. I didn't know. Um, So I'm going to learn it. And then then I'm just going to decide to do better. And I think I just find it such an encouragement if anyone needs encouraged today. Uh, Learn what you need to learn. Um, But it's just really good to remember that Adam and Eve had a perfect leader in God. And they still sinned. Like, who was their leader? God himself, like unconditional love from the Father, and they still sinned. They still felt ashamed, and they still hid from God, and you know, and so you're you're not God, (laughs) but even God had someone sin right underneath him, right? And uh, Jesus was a perfect sinless leader. He was full of love. He was full of compassion. He, He was the servant of all, but he had a betrayer. And he had someone who rejected him, who was close to him yeah. in his hardest moment. And so, uh, and so let me just encourage you, like rejection and betrayal, they're just a part of lead, leading like Jesus. And so instead of looking on and going, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Just say, you know what? I'm just, I get the opportunity to become more like Jesus. <laughs> I get the opportunity to become more like Jesus. I can forgive and just learn. And no matter what, uh, can I just say, don't give up. <laughs> yeah. Don't give up. Learn what you're supposed to learn, but don't give up. So here's the fourth truth. Uh, and then I want us to talk about this here after these last two. Number four, don't tolerate divisiveness and disunity. So we've talked about don't judge, clean hands, pure heart, check your own heart. God, what am I supposed to be learning? But number four, don't tolerate divisiveness and disunity. And you may be the kind of leader, this is me, that's more apt to believe the best about everyone. And I'm like, no, and listen, that's fine. That's good. But here's what we got to know, pastors and leaders. There is an enemy and he's out to destroy the unity in your church. And we have to know that we are in a spiritual battle. And anytime we are making and taking ground that that less people are going to hell and more people are going to heaven, the devil hates us. Yeah. And so, listen, it, it's, it's good. Yes, believe the best in people. Our operations pastor loves to say, uh, I trust you. I just don't trust the enemy. Mm-hmm. So, listen, keep our hands uh, clean, our hearts pure, but keep our spirits on guard for the enemy's attempt to bring disunity. 
And so this is where we have to have a spiritual discernment about us as, as spiritual leaders to go, listen, we, we got to keep, our, our, keep our, our spiritual discernment up. It's okay for people to leave, but listen, we watch them for the fruit. And if it, the fruit's not filled with the fruit of the spirit, then the enemy may be on the attack with more than just one person or family. And in that regard, we have to, we have to fight for the sheep. We have to go, no, 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 listen, you, when somebody says, well, I'm not the only one that thinks this. <laughs> get on guard get on guard yeah get on guard get on guard first corinthians 1 10 uh paul says i appeal to you brothers and sisters in the name of our lord jesus christ that all of you agree who's writing to the church with one another and what you say and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought and so that was that's the whole heart of god for our churches that we are actually in unity in mind and in thought so we have to see with spiritual eyes not with natural eyes but with spiritual eyes god give me spiritual insight to see into these areas and remember that our battle is not with flesh and blood it's not and that's why we can't judge the heart we can look at the fruit but then we go okay so we're in a battle and it's not with this person it is with the enemy who wants to destroy the unity in our church it's with principalities and powers in darkness don't tolerate gossip this is what we're talking about divisiveness and disunity that gossip is a tool of the enemy in your churches and so listen when people who are offended or hurt start talking to other people about it instead of someone who can actually do something about it that, that, listen it's, it, it, it can get real ungodly real quick and it can get real ugly real quick Proverbs chapter 6 you know the verses on, on gossip 16 to 19 the Lord hates it the Bible says and there's a reason why because it divides the body it divides the family of God it's an abomination the Bible says that when someone sows discord among the brothers, it is not okay. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 19 says that a gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. It's so big. And so don't pretend it doesn't exist. I don't know if any of you are like harmony peacemakers. You're like, I think it'll be fine. I think everything's good. We cannot, we cannot pretend that it doesn't exist. And let me just encourage you to rebuke your own fear or else you won't. Uh, you actually won't deal with it if you've got fear. So if you're afraid of somebody, if you're afraid of them leaving, if you're afraid of more of what they'll say, if you're afraid they'll take their money with you, if you're afraid, then we just have to know God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so we have to rebuke that fear and then actually run toward it in faith. Remember, you're the shepherd of the flock of God. Yeah. They are under your care. First Peter 5, 2. They are under your care. You're the shepherd. You're the leader. You're responsible to God for the house or to your, for your area of ministry that you look after. The team you lead, innocent sheep are probably being affected more than you can possibly imagine. So run to it. And run at it with scripture. Uh, you know, say, hey, we need to meet, but let me just encourage you, start with scripture. Like, what is your foundation? So often we can sit down and be like, I feel this, or I feel that. And they're like, so are we talking about your feelings? No, we're talking about scripture. And really lay out the bigger thing that God's doing. Hey, God's all about unity in the church. God is all about, and it says in the scripture that he hates discord. And it seems like that's what's going on. Talk to me. Run at it with truth so that, again, because you're not actually dealing with the person. The person isn't the problem. It's the enemy who is the problem. And so when we get when we get the truth out, then it will actually cut through that. Titus 3.10 says, warn a divisive person once and then warn them a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. After that, have nothing to do with them. And so we can put on our spiritual armor. We can put on our helmet of salvation and our belt of truth and our shield of faith and and our shoes of peace. And we can walk in without fear and have these conversations. We can pray in the spirit like crazy and we can warn them once. We can warn them a second time. And then we can say, we want nothing to do with you. Like this is actually dividing our church and we need you to go. We need you to step aside. Like we love you, but this is not okay. Here. One final thought, one final thought, and then we want to we want to leave a little time here for us to, to talk about this. Number five, what what do we do? Uh, we have to trust God and love more. We gotta trust God and love more. The greatest commandment is love. Love God, love others. So the only way Satan wins 
when people leave is if we fall out of love, fall out of love with God, fall out of love with God's people. And, and church leaders, listen, there are so many other people in your church and in your city who need us to get this right. And I think it's so important for us to look on and just be, just be aware of any of our own unhealed wounds. Um, when, when stuff like this happens, it may be an opportunity for us to be healed. Um, I grew up as a pastor's uh, kid and in a small town in Auburn, Indiana, a town of 8,000 people, church of a couple hundred, and uh, just saw so much, uh, so much hurt and pain and divisiveness, and then really honestly did not see it handled well. Uh, so I experienced a lot of anger, um, a, a lot of um, unhealthy behaviors around this idea. And so but when Matt and I came to Florida to start Next Level Church, it was like, we want to be different. Like we want to be, we want to do this different than we'd ever seen. And we didn't have words life-giving. We didn't, you know, have the ark. We didn't know what God had put in our heart, but that's what he had put in our heart was just this idea of doing ministry with purity. And uh, when, 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 when that girl did what she did um, and people started leaving, the trigger, the wounds that started to get uh, inflicted on me were wounds from me being an 8-year-old girl, a 10-year-old girl, a 13-year-old. And I remember I was driving down the road and I, I literally felt, and I can look back on this now and know that it was the enemy trying to choke the life out of me uh, in the early days of our church. And I remember just wanting to be so angry and like just thinking things like, if she were here, this is what I would say to her. And I would scream, you know, and all of this. And I remember pulling the car over and I just started to weep and cry. And um, I called my friend confession brings healing. And I said, I feel right now like I have a choice. It was like I saw a crossroad. I can either go the path that my parents went and I can put up walls and I can be angry and I can hold everybody at a distance and I can decide that you can't trust anybody or I have a decision to make right now and I'm going to tear those blocks down. And she prayed and I cried and I just felt God healing me in that moment. And so just know that you can trust God. Like you can trust God to love more. You can just keep trusting him to just keep loving. And I'm so thankful that, um, that, that God allowed me to do that because when I think what you just said, Matt, like there's, there are others who need you to get this right. And there have been so many times that I've been able to minister to someone and just think back on that moment. And to know there was there was a crossroad moment, and Satan wanted me to go one way, but God was like cheering me on and going, "Come on, daughter! Like I'm going to heal you. I'm going to touch you. Like you've got this. You can trust me, and you can love them." So no matter what you face, no matter who leaves or stays, we can trust God. No fear of rejection. No fear of failure. You are God's chosen for your church, for this season, for this hour, for this day, for your city. And just because they're leaving doesn't change your calling. God is not up in heaven going, oh, no, what are we going to do? They left. No, no, he's not. He, he's not doing that. <laughs> no. And guess what? You're not the Lord of your church. Yeah. He is. So listen, we can trust God. We can trust God. We are all imperfect humans who are in need of Jesus. So we can choose to stay in love with God and stay in love with others. So five thoughts on what to do, how to handle it. When people leave, let's let's do a little Q and A here. You're welcome. Come on, <laughs> Aaron, for the sake of recording, why don't I give you this? If you have a question, we'll run the mic to you, and then Sarah and I'll just pass it back and forth. Thoughts on this stuff? Questions? Comments? Helpful? How can we? Yep. How can we jump in? Sometimes it feels like people leave, and um, you never get the story. You either make one up. <laughs> or, um, or you, you know, people aren't running to the office to be like, hey, we're leaving and this is why. Yeah. You kind of hear about it or you uh, see them around town and you're like, hey, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. And, yeah. you know, so you kind of catch up to it um, later. And so, I mean, is there anything that you could give us in terms of like how to rehearse something that's positive or something that you've agreed upon in your own heart about? When you when you do find out, because it kind of trickles in, right? The information trickles in. It's like a little sting there, a little hurt there. So, is there is there anything that you guys have developed in terms of self talk or like just a you know your own yeah, mind? Right. Do you do that? Good question. Well, let me say this, and we were actually talking to Philip and Holly Wagner uh, at lunch just before we ran over here. 
And um, we're talking about them, and, and they were saying that there have been seasons where Philip has actually had to teach the church. And I've done this a, a few different times uh, in our church, where both directions. When we opened our new facility, our first permanent location eight years ago, um, we had a whole bunch of, we had Saturday night service, we still do, and had a whole bunch of other people checking us out on Saturday, leaving other churches, coming to the next level. We were the new hot thing in town. It was like, whatever. And so literally, I had to, probably a seven or eight minute piece of a message, I literally told people, listen, here's what we believe. We believe God wants everybody in one church. And God's got a church for you, a family. He wants a body, to, a house to be planted in. And we believe that sometimes God will move us in, in a city to a different family or body, where a house where he wants us to be planted. Here's, how, here's what we believe. If, if God, here's how you basically teach your people. Here's how you leave a church. So if you're leaving somewhere else and coming here, here's what we want you to do. Go back and the way you leave one room is the way you'll enter the next. So if you have mud on your shoes and coming out of one room, you're going to bring mud into the next room. So like I've literally at seasons taught our church. And I did that last year, I think, or was it in the planted series this summer? I think we taught it in planted. I think just this summer after we've had about 300 people leave our church, after the fact, I kind of stood up away from the emotion. My heart was pure finally. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, so that's the first thing is honestly, there is a right way and a wrong way to leave a church. And so go and talk to your leader, talk to your pastor, have, make sure your heart is pure. We do believe that sometimes that happens and it's okay. We love you, but so, so there's that side of it, but then the personal side, right? It's, we literally had a girl who was singing on our worship team at our East location. And like three weeks later, Sarah saw on her, in uh, her social media feed, she was literally like leading worship or in a, re- a worship rehearsal at another church. Mm-hmm. And said something about love my church family or something <laughs> at this other church. And Sarah, like with a pure heart, yeah. commented on her page. We didn't even know you were a part of that church. Here's we, what I said. You, you say what I, you said. I actually, <laughs> I, it was good. I feel like I need to go back Instagram. to my church. Right <laughs> we'll, we'll go back in our chair. Uh, Instagram, I, just, I stopped and I prayed because it hurt. You know, that's what happens. It hurts. And I was like, Got him sad, and he was like, "I got you." And I was like, "Do I want to say anything to her?" And I and I actually felt like the release in my spirit to say something. And so I just put in there, "Oh wow, I didn't know that was your new family. This family will miss you." And that was it. And so she never replied back. Um, but it was good for my heart because that's actually how I felt about her. I love this girl, you know. And it was hard. Um, I think one of the things that's helped me um, is to see them as God's son and daughter. Um, and we were entrusted with them for a season. But to trust God with their with their whole life and just to go, man, there have been so many seasons where I just wanted something more for them. I'm like, no, don't leave with all this anger and bitterness. Oh, you're going to leave and, and walk somewhere else with all of that, you know. And it's like, you know what? That's okay. Like. They're God's son. They're God's daughter. He's got them. Release them. I think the biggest component that I hope that you hear us saying, and I, I hope it cannot be overstated. When someone leaves your church, it is all about your own heart. That in every one of those moments that peaks you at social media, that go to the, the place and you see them and you're like, I didn't even know they had left. You got to run to your father. You got to run. Like that. What have we learned in the last year or 17? Run to your father. Run to your father. Run to your father. Like it is, that is. And for, for us, then I think clean hands for us would mean um, don't react. Like, like that social media, like you have no idea how prayer filled every, there are a couple people at this conference who have not left well, Matt's world. And it's like, if I see them like, hmm, like, well, I got to make sure, like, That's literally, right. you got moment by moment, like, no, no, this is real. Yeah. We cannot react. Otherwise, I'm in the flesh. Well, now I'm, that's not what I want to be either. So I don't know if that's helpful, but it's, that's, that's our world we've been living in, man. Thank you. Uh, I feel a little better. You, you say you lost 300. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we worked for years. So we are hard serving God. And we had just broke over 300 Come on, bro. people coming. Uh, we had got to about 325. And then uh, some of our uh, top leaders, yeah. uh, along with one of our associate pastors, you know, they began to try to create a church within our church. 
and be ready to see it. And we brought him in, we talked to him about it, we talked to him about it, and eventually we had to release him. Yeah. Mm. And now that when we released him, because they had already connected with some of the people in the church, uh, we lost about 75 yeah. people. Mm. And uh, what we're dealing with now is that some of the people who left along with the lead, uh, the two leaders, you know, who left, they were they had relationships with people still at the church. Yeah. And so now they're reaching back into yeah. the church with people they have relationships with. That's massive. And trying to pull them. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, do we address <laughs> that left or? You know, just what, what do we, how do we handle it? Uh, great, great question. And man, uh, let me just say, I'm sorry. Yeah. We, you, you're, in, you're in a room full of people who are about to give you a big hug. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we can feel your pain, bro. Yeah. And it is real. Mm-hmm. And the tentacles of that are so messy, whether you got 300 or whether you have 3,000. It's the, that's what, that's what 2018 was for us. It was really in the spring. Like it's. So I, I don't know. I mean, where does your mind go? It's it's um, so many times, right? We're like wanting to go on the offensive, yep. and we've just always said we're not going to. We're gonna. We're just gonna keep. You know, we're gonna keep our eyes on God. We're gonna keep staying true to who we are. Um, and uh, when people ask, though, we will speak the truth. And I think that's the key. So if there are ones who are like, "Can I ask you what's going on?" Then don't act naive. Don't be like, "I don't know." Say, actually, um, this has been a really hard season, and we're trusting God, but yeah, th- the truth is, and then just speak some truth. Um, and the reason why that's important is that the truth will set them free. So if they're getting tied up in those tentacles, and it's they're feeling that pull and that tug, what they're looking for is truth. And so you are able to bring truth, but this is why our hearts have to be so pure. That's it. Because if they feel that manipulation or that anger or that frustration right. or judgment, revenge. then then revenge, then it gets really messy. They feel like they're trying to decide between people. And so don't make them decide between people. Say, I want what God wants. We want what God wants for every individual. And so listen, we want you in this church because we love you, but ultimately we want what God wants. And so why don't you pray and why don't you, you know, let, let's pray now and you can pray a pure prayer without being like, God, we want you to kill people, you know, like, so, and, you know, because they'll be able to feel that in the, what we have seen has been people who can discern yep. between the spirit That's it. because That's if they're it. over here and they're feeling this, but they don't, and it's confusing when they get in the presence of someone who's been in the presence of God, all of a sudden they can feel that different spirit and, and our hope and our prayers that then they'll want to stay in that, in that spirit of love. So, and God will bless you. He will vindicate you. And, uh, when you, when you follow his word like that, he, he can vindicate what we can never do on our own. And that's been our story, by the way, just cause we told you 2018. Oh my gosh. Can we just tell you offerings went up? Uh, attendance is going up. There's more healing in our house. Transformation is happening like right. never before. Like it is amazing. We have inherited the land. It is incredible. Just thought we should close that loop for y'all. So, <laughs> Yes. Is there ever a time to ask people to leave? Uh, if so, in our church, we have a situation where we have just a couple of families that have been attacked, and so we have some divorces that are happening, and one of the spouses continuing to come while in the process of a divorce and bringing a boyfriend with them. Mm-hmm. And so, is the question? And my question is: Is there a time? We've already confronted these people on their situation, but they continue to come. Because there ever a time just to say, you know, I don't know. We're kind of Uh, let me speak to that. I believe that there is Mm -hmm. scripturally. I believe there are times where it's appropriate and right. Um, I believe it's rare, but I believe that there are times where it's right. We we had a situation this spring with a high level leader uh, that that was just that that it was our our team kept meeting and patience and patience and grace and grace and truth and truth and meetings and and love and forgiveness and and talking through the issues and talking through the issues and hope to bring clarity and all of that 
And then it became very, very clear to us after literally about a hundred hours of conversation, which is you're probably getting close to that, mm-hmm. I bet, um, or at least it feels like it, where where it's this feeling of you know what we're not what we're dealing with is not is is not intellectual, it's spiritual, and and this person is not. We can we are just circling all the same stuff, and for the sake of the discord that they are sowing to the body. It's prob. This is probably not your your season at this church is probably done. What, how would you speak to that? Well, I would just say specifically you walk to that. the. I, I, I think you you handled that well. Specifically to the divorcing, I was actually talking to another um, pastor the other day about this. Um, I think being able to look on and say, "Listen, a divorce itself is just really hard. So there's a lot of healing that needs to take place in that, and it is hard to heal around the person who is hurt." And so, um, and so we, we want both of you, like both parties to be able to heal. Uh, will you let us find another church for you uh, that we can actually place you in because we love you, because we want you to grow, because we want you to heal and because we want that for them too. And it just might be a little too difficult. I mean, we have multiple locations now. So when we have more situations, we're like, just go to different locations, uh, which is why I told my pastor friend the other day, but um, as hard as hard as it is, again, when you're looking at someone as God's son, God's daughter, that gives you the ability to say, okay, this may be hard, but this may be what's best. Eventually, maybe they can all come back together once hearts are healed and, you know, time has passed, but for right now, we think this is best. Right here. Got a pastor's daughter right here on the front row. So, what do you do in the awkward situations when you see people who have left and you may not know, like, the entire story? Or maybe you do, and you see them up and about, like... What do you do? Do you like avoid them? If you get into a conversation, do you bring it up? Do you not? That is a great question. Come on. If you can learn this right now, tell me. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd love to hear what you what you want to say, but I, I love your heart. Um, here's what I would say. Um, if you feel like an authenticity, and that means just being real and being yourself. You can actually go up to them, then go up to them. Um, That means that authentically, if I run into someone and I'm like, wow, it is good. You know, it's good to see you. Yes, I miss you. Yes, my heart hurt back then. But right now, I just, I want to see you. I will walk up to them. I'll give them a big hug. I will think, this is what Sarah thinks. God's son, God's daughter. So that keeps me out of making this about myself, and I get to approach them and make it about them. It is so good to see you. How are you? And uh, find something that you can talk about, whether it's their family or their friends or, you know, uh, if I've seen something on social media, you know, oh, I saw that, you know, so-and-so got married. And we talked about something. You may not be able to go very deep with that person, and that's okay. Uh, because, but, it, but you have something to say, and then you give them a big hug. It was so good to see you, and then move on. Like, don't feel like you have to talk about the situation at all. At least I don't. And let me say this, uh, and again, if you can get this at your age, what I'm going to say to you, I I promise you, 75% of this room, including me, is still working on this. So if you can get this now, you're going to be miles ahead of us. Um, If you see that person, or when you see that person, and something in your heart goes, or whatever, feel sad, mad, whatever, anything less than Jesus-like, for me... That's an indicator. I got more work to do. Get back in the chair. Like it, I was flying through Dallas Fort Worth Airport yesterday, coming to this conference, and I saw a guy walk down the concourse who looked like one of our former staff. No lie. And I was I was sitting there with the guy that was flying with me, and I looked over his shoulder, and something turned in my stomach. And I went, if he sees me and comes this way. <laughs> And then I got, get I back, get in, back the in the chair. Like, okay, Jesus, apparently I'm still mad. And it wasn't even him. And I'm still mad. Like, really? Gosh. So in all seriousness, here's the lesson. Whatever that is, don't ignore it. Go Run to your father and go, God, I'm still mad at that person. Or God, when I saw them, it made me really, really sad. And sure, I said hi and we small talked. But on the inside, I'm in pain. Yeah. 
Run to your father. If you can get that now, we're, we're all still trying to get that. Right. So if you've walked through something, maybe turn us a little worse. Okay? We've got just a few minutes. We started a little late, so we're going to go a little late. <laughs> just three minutes. I, we want to pray for you. If you're going through, and this may not be everybody, that's okay. But if you are, stand up. Stand up. Word among family. Come on, just stand up. No fear in the room. No fear in the room. And if you're not, stay seated because we need you. You're going to come around us and lay hands on us. Okay. Come on now. Are you standing up? Come on. Join us, join us, join us down here. God is hard. Now, this thing called ministry is a burden sometimes, and people hurt. All right, so those of you see the coming, play hands on us. You're gathering tight, gathering tight, everybody. This is real. This stuff is real. This stuff is real. Come on, let's let God, let's let our Father do a little business on our heart right now. Amen. Father, our hearts are open to you, Lord. Our hearts are open to you. And Jesus, we just say, God, you're our Father that loves us. And so, Lord, right now, we just begin to lift up our precious brothers and sisters, Lord, who are carrying the vision. Who are carrying the burden of their churches. And Lord Jesus, you see, God, that sometimes she fights, sometimes she leaves, sometimes it hurts, God. Sometimes college roommates bail out on us, God. Sometimes best friends betray us and go across town. Sometimes associates leave and take 75 people with them. God, sometimes the kids of these people that end up in the fallout of this. And so, Father, I just pray your peace that passes understanding. We begin to guard our hearts and minds, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord God, even as now we begin to forgive, if you're standing here and you need to forgive, that is, as we've been telling stories, you've been feeling that, just just say it. Just How did it make you feel? Just begin to tell your father right now. It just made me feel heard. It made me feel rejected. It made me feel like I wasn't enough. It made me feel judged. God, we just cry out to you. God, we cry out to you, Lord. Would you heal your kids this, this afternoon? Heal your kids. We run to the Father. We run to the Father. We run to the Father. Just a deep breath. And in that, let's just 
receiving it. It's just receiving what he has for you, and it's just letting go. So, Father, as we just receive your love, God, we just let go. And we let go of that pain. We let go of that heartache. And, Father, we just ask you to fill us up, God, with what only you can fill us up with. Yes, yes, Right now, Father, we ask that you would fill us up, Father, with your supernatural love. God, a love that only comes, Father, from knowing you. A love that only comes from being close to your heart. Yes, yes. Father, yes, I pray yes. where the enemy has tried to come in and steal, kill, and destroy that yep, love. Yep. Thank you. And put up a block of bitterness or anger. Father, I pray with that just coming down right now, Father, that your love would come flooding in. Father, I pray that we would be able to have an increase of empathy. That's a word for someone. Just an increase of empathy again. There's just been hardness because you've been hurt. And so, God, I pray that increase of empathy just to see lost people again, just to see them hurting, God, that as we release our hurt as leaders, then we can see their hearts again. So, Father, give us an increase of empathy for others and for others' pain. And, God, I pray that that in this healing time, Father, that we would be surrounded by you in a whole new way. And God, that we would not believe for one minute the lie of the enemy yes. that says this was us. Right. And that we, we you know, we did something wrong or, or we're going to be punished or this is punishment. Father, you are not a punishing God. You are That's a right. good father. And so we thank you, God. We receive some pruning, God, because you have new things you want to birth in us, That's God. Right. That's we right. receive some learnings because there are some things you want us to learn and grow, and that's okay. So, God, we receive the fact that we're human all yes, over again. Yes, and yes. we say the only way that we are walking in ministry is because of you, Jesus. That's right. So we just fall at the grace of the foot of Jesus again, and we say, God, fill us up. Fill us up. We need you. We need you. We cannot do this without you. And so, God, in that place of dependence, I pray for new birth. I pray for uh, lost souls to come into the kingdom, God. I pray for the right staff members that they need, God. I pray, Father, you would bring them team members, God, that are ten times more talented, ten times more humble, ten times more filled with your spirit, God, that they would allow the the Holy Spirit to flow through them like never before. And that new birth would come out of this place of pain. God, there there is a purpose to the pain, and the purpose is uh, that there is more to be found. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you that you uh, you leave the 99, you go after the one. God, you come after us today. You come after us as individuals. And, Father, uh, we promise we will continue to go after others with our whole heart. Yes. Father, we thank you. This is yes. your church. Yes. We just give it yes. to you all yes. over That's again. Right. And we That's say right. we're just your vessels. That's right. So we give you the opportunity to continue to use us. Yes. May we stay in love with yes. you, yes. with your bride, with the people that you have put around us. In Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this session from the Art Conference. Our heart is that you are more encouraged and excited about your calling than ever before. For dates and locations and to register for an upcoming Art Conference, visit artconference.com.